A reading from the book of Numbers. The Lord said to Moses in the desert of Paran, send men to reconnoiter the land of Canaan, which I am giving the children of Israel. You shall send one man from each ancestral tribe, all of them princes. After reconnoitering the land for 40 days, they returned met Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the children of Israel in the desert of Paran at Kadesh and made a report to them all and showed them the fruit of the country and showed the fruit of the country to the whole congregation. They told Moses, we went into the land to which you sent us. It does indeed flow with milk and honey and here is its fruit. However, the people who are living in the land are fierce, and the towns are fortified and very strong. Besides, we saw descendants of the Anakim there. Amalekites live in the region of the Negev. Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites dwell in the highlands, and Canaanites along the seacoast and the banks of the Jordan. Caleb, however, to quiet the people toward Moses, said, we ought to go up and seize the land, for we can certainly do so. But the men who had gone up with him said, We cannot attack these people. They are too strong for us. So they spread discouraging reports among the children of Israel about the land they had scouted, saying, The land that we explored is a country that consumes its inhabitants, and all the people we saw there are huge, veritable giants. The Anakim were a race of giants. We felt like mere grasshoppers, and so we must have seemed to them. At this, the whole community broke out with loud cries, and even in the night the people wailed. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long would this wicked assembly grumble against me? I have heard the grumblings of the children of Israel against me. Tell them, by my life, says the Lord, I will do to you just what I have heard you say. Here in the desert shall your dead bodies fall. Forty days you spent in scouting the land. Forty years shall you suffer for your crimes, one year for each day. Thus you will realize what it means to oppose me. I, the Lord, have sworn to do this to all this wicked assembly that conspired against me. Here in the desert, they shall die to the last man. Verbum Domini. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. We have sinned we and our fathers. We have committed crimes, we have done wrong. Our fathers in Egypt considered not your wonders. But soon they forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They gave way to craving in the desert and tempted God in the wilderness. They forgot the God who had saved them, who had done great deeds in Egypt, wondrous deeds in the land of Ham, 
terrible things at the Red Sea. Then he spoke of exterminating them. But Moses, his chosen one, withstood him in the breach to turn back his destructive wrath. Dominus Fobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matteum, At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not say a word in answer to her. His disciples came and asked him, send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did him homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that hour. Verbum Domini, gospel white way our sins. My dear sisters and brothers in Christ, today's gospel, we encounter a powerful example of faith and persistence. Canaanite woman, whose name is not revealed to us, comes to Jesus begging for her daughter's healing. And her plea reveals the depth of her faith and the strength of her love for her child. 
And despite the initial response from Jesus, or shall we say a lack of response and ignoring her plea, which seemed harsh and uncharacteristic of Jesus, she nevertheless persists, illustrating an unwavering trust in him. This woman's faith resonates with the words of Edith Stein, also known as St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, whom we celebrate today. She once said, whoever seeks the truth is seeking God, whether consciously or unconsciously. Just as this woman sought healing for her daughter, her relentless pursuit of Jesus reflects her yearning for truth and divine intervention. Her actions teach us that seeking God's presence requires determination, perseverance, and tenacity, even in the face of challenges and obstacles. The Canaanite woman's dialogue with Jesus also exemplifies the quote of St. Teresa, do not accept anything as the truth if it lacks love, and do not accept anything as love which lacks truth. Her plea was rooted in a genuine love for her daughter's well-being, and that is very often the case in caring families. And her persistent faith was based on her unwavering belief in the truth that Jesus held an astonishing power to heal. She knew this deep down in her heart and would not be deterred. This interaction reminds us, moreover, that our faith should be intertwined with love and truth, guiding our actions and prayers. In the gospel, Jesus acknowledges the woman's faith and grants her request, saying, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This miraculous event reveals the profound connection between faith and miracles, reminding us that the Lord oftentimes responds to our sincere and persistent faith. We might say, in a paradoxical way, that this response of God is almost a weakness of his, that he hears in response to our plea, at our initiative, and at the same time a strength of God because he knows what we need and gives it at the proper time so that his glory will be revealed through a miraculous intervention. As we journey through life, we often face obstacles that challenge our faith and trust in God. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross reminds us, the world doesn't need what women have, it needs what women are. This sentiment can be extended to all of us what the world needs from us is not just our external possessions or abilities, but our authentic and unwavering faith, our persistent pursuit of truth, and our deep love for God and one another. The Canaanite woman's example is a lesson of God's merciful touch in our lives in countless ways, both known and unknown, especially at the behest of those who pray for us and our well-being and for those for whom we pray. Through it, may we nurture a faith that seeks God in all circumstances and cultivates a love grounded in truth and action. Just as this woman's faith moved Jesus to perform a miracle, our faith can impact more profoundly our lives and can transform the lives of those around us.
Perhaps the simple thing to remember, the fundamental message is this, just ask and don't give up. Today, I also acknowledge a member of the EWTN community who was nominated to the Pontifical Mariological Academy, Colin B. Donovan. While every month seems to have some festal celebration of our Blessed Mother, August is dedicated in a particular way to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And in fact, many of the saints have been impacted in powerful and personal ways by our Blessed Mother, especially in the West. And particularly, I think of Irenaeus, Ambrose, Augustine, Bernard of Clairvaux, Francis de Sales, Louis de Montfort, Maximilian Kolbe, and many others. But our saint today, Teresa Benedict of the Cross, often spoke and wrote of Mary as the ideal of womanhood, fulfilling the longing of her nature. A brief historical note, the Pontifical Mariological Academy was established in 1946 by Pope Pius XII to promote Mariology, that is the serious study of the Blessed Virgin Mary and true devotion to her through consecrations and popular piety. The Academy is also responsible for organizing scientific debates and conferences and publishing a journal of their work called Mariana. On December 8, 1959, Pope St. John Paul II gave the title Pontifical to the Academy and more recently, Pope St. John Paul II, who was also a member of the Academy, approved its statutes. Pope Francis has placed the Academy under the Dicastery of Culture and Catholic Education. Colin Donovan has been especially invited to be a member of that Academy, and I congratulate him this morning and present him with his credentials from the Vatican. And so, Colin, on behalf of the Pontifical Mariological Academy, I admit to the Academy, Colin B. Donovan, with all the rights and privileges that accompany this membership, and it is my honor and duty to present Colin with this letter of appointment from the Vatican and his diploma, which establishes his membership. Here in this letter, written in Latin, signed by Father Stefano Cechin, OFM, President of the Academy, and the accompanying diploma or certificate of appointment on behalf of the Diocese of Birmingham and Alabama and the EWTN community. Colin, I congratulate you and extend our prayerful best wishes to you. Thank you. May God bless you and the work of the Academy abundantly. Amen. <clears throat> 